And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Am I supposed to sit next to you or over here? Over here, I You guess. can sit there. It's not like the movies. Where you don't sit in the seat next to someone? Right? Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming. We really appreciate um, you coming out and obviously listening to the podcast. Uh, it's been an interesting time, hasn't it, James? What should we talk about? <laughs> I Actually, know wait, wait. Don't say anything. So I've been meaning to talk to you about this. And I thought now would be a good time to bring it up. We got to talk. Uh -oh. This actually isn't a Leaf Report podcast. We're not actually going to do that. It's not brought to you by the Saki Hall of Fame. We're all here just to talk to you about your use of puns. <laughs> it's gotten a little bit over the top. Um, we're all a little bit concerned that everything that happens in the world, now you feel the need to, to use a pun. Um, so... This is an intervention. Most of the feedback I got on the puns is people wanted more puns. That's that. That was what I got. Maybe you should just write stories full of puns. I and can just... do that. I can do that. You were the one that said Lindholm was up to par. That that was totally unintentional. <laughs> I actually laughed out loud when you told me that I'd use that. That was a mistake. I saw it in his story and I immediately emailed it to him and said, "There you go." All right, so, so everyone thought they were coming to Puck Talks, and they thought they were coming to the Leaf Report, but it was, I think it's actually going to be Nylander Talks and the Nylander Report. I feel bad, though. Like, I understand why people, like, you guys must be frustrated hearing about Nylander, talking about Nylander, or, like, but we, we have to talk about it. It is the biggest story going it's on. It's frustrating to us, team. too. Yes. You and I are bit. debating. It's like, should we do another Nylander story, or have we done too huh. many? Is it, what's... How many do you think we've done at The Athletic? 500? There have been a lot of Neilander stories, yeah. <laughs> and you get it in the comments and people are like, oh man, another Neilander story? And then it's the best performing story that we've had of the week or the month or whatever. It's like those... All of my most read stuff the last two months has been Neilander. Yeah. It's like when the car chase comes on the news, like you, you don't want to watch, but you're like, ah, but everyone, this yeah. is going to happen. Maybe they're this just clicking on it to vote it down and give it a bad... Maybe. So we do have to talk about Neilander. Um... It's a really big story. Like, it's really consequential for the Leafs what happens here. 
Um, we're like two days away, less than two days away from the deadline. Um, where do you think, like, if you had to guess what happens, which like we've talked about many times, so we are repeating ourselves, what, we're like so close. Like we didn't think we'd get this far. What do you think is gonna happen? I still think they're gonna get something done, don't you? I still think they're gonna get, how can you not get at least like a bridge deal signed? Just sign them for two years. It's a negotiation. Like one side feels like we keep giving, we keep giving, we keep giving. And then the other side's like, we keep giving. We're not, like, we're not going to, like, there's going to be a point where I would think if you're Neilander, you have to say to yourself, like, do I want to play this year? And do I want to play for the Leafs? Surely the answer has to be yes. We're, like, what day is it? November 29? <laughs> it's under 48 hours from the deadline. Yes. So there's been some interesting kind of, I don't know if developments are the right word, but like you, you hear reports now, Pierre Lebron, Bob McKenzie, um, kind of that the Leafs are at a point now where they're going to look once more to see if there's a trade out there that makes sense for William Neander. I would just be curious, like from all you guys here, would you, by like, applaud if you think they, they should trade Neander? Okay. <laughs> so, like, I'm totally with all you guys. I do not understand. One like, guy in the back. You see, like, I don't know, like, you see some of these media reports of, like, who, like, these projected trades, and, like, you hear some of the teams that might be interested. I don't know any world in which it makes sense to trade Neander. But, like, if you're at this point, and you're Kyle Dubas, and you're thinking, man, like, we have 28-year-old John Tavares, who is going to get 90 points with Mitch Marner. How do we not at least like look at this and say like man like we could win a cup this year and if we add a couple pieces maybe that pushes us over the top that's why you don't want him to sit that's why you got to get him back in the lineup any way you can i think that's that's why i would be open to one year two year three year any kind of a contract that you can get him in the lineup and then if you have to trade him you trade him in the summer when you can make a better trade as bob mckenzie reported today that there are teams that are interested but that it makes more sense for them to make that trade in the summer because of cap space? And that's part of it. I don't know, man. It just like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I think there's, like, I'm sure you guys have all seen this narrative. James, you've certainly seen this narrative that, like, that at some point, they're going to have to trade someone. Like, they're going to have to, it's not all going to work. And, like, but to me, the, the frustrating part about that, and, like, I'm frustrated with, like, other media that they perpetuate this. Why would you trade the 22-year-old who's really, really, really good? Like, if you ever got into a situation where, like, you don't have space, which it might be a problem next year, but not so much after that, why would you trade Neilander? Well, you can't get him signed. Well, if you then, can't get him signed, then you have to trade him, don't well, you? Well, but so we have to talk about Elliot Friedman's, not report, but contention on the broadcast last but, night. I know so Elliot's taken a lot of heat for that, but he's not a guy that goes around just making up stuff. You know, if he says, I don't, I think he's going to be traded by next summer, that means a lot more than... Which is why it caused a little bit of a ruckus. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, I don't understand why if you're Neander's camp, like, if that's where this th thing came from, maybe it came from the other side, I don't know. Maybe it's just Elliot's belief. But I don't understand why there's this idea that because they're in this position with, with Matthews and Marner and, you know, they've got Tavares signed long-term for big money, why they're going to have to get to a point where they want to get rid of Neander. The point is to have lots of good players. 
and to keep the really good ones. Like if you were if you're doing a pecking order of like organizational rankings, actually don't steal this idea. I might write about this. Like if you were going to rank everybody in the organization, he's in the top five. But, but we know the team wants to keep him. Like they're trying. Well, but then what is this this idea that now they're going to trade him next summer no matter what? That has to be coming from the Nealander side, don't you think? But why would they think that? This is what I don't understand. There's this idea out there that like they're going to have to trade him. Why? Okay, well, they need a defenseman. Yeah, but there are other ways to get defensemen, right? Why would, like, I just don't understand this whole thing with the owner. Well, I, this is such an unusual situation where a guy sits out this long that the, like, the concern from, you were saying that if they have to make him sit for the year, but there's no way that a player's going to want to come back to a team that makes him sit for a year. There's just no chance. Like, that, that's the end of the relationship if that happens. I don't believe that. The player's not going to want to play here anymore. Tough. He's going to feel like the team put him in this position and okay. made him. Well, wait. <laughs> do you want to play in the end? Like, th this is, I don't know. I'm speaking for myself as, like, what I would do in this situation if I was Kyle Dubas. Okay, we'll wait. We'll wait. You want to play in the NHL? We'll wait. And eventually, like, he's going to want to play. And, like, the thing, like, Justin Bourne wrote today, and I haven't read the article yet, but I, I mean to because I wholeheartedly believe this. These things blow past. Like, as much as, like, you, James, you, you hear it more than I do, they're really angry at each other, and, like, they're upset, and they're frustrated. Yeah, and, like, then he'll sign, or then he'll come back, or whatever, and they'll get over it, and it'll be fine. And, like, if, if in June they're competing for a cup, we won't be talking about this. Do you believe that? Or do you I think believe like that, but what I'm saying, like, if they miss the whole year, I think that that's going to be very difficult to get over. But players demand trades all the time, and you say... And and you don't many have them, to grant them. How many of them don't get traded, though? I mean, Probably most. most we just time, don't find out. Most of the time, teams move on. Like, most of the time, most of the time you get to the point where it's like, we got to turn the page on this. Because, like, okay, so this ne negotiation's a problem. Probably the next one's going to be a problem. Then the next one after that's going to be a problem. I'm sure what they're thinking is that, okay, we're going to have to pay Matthews 11 or 12. We're going to have to pay Marner. I mean, watching Marner lately, what's he, third in NHL scoring? Every time I watch Marner, it's like, okay, he's gonna, <laughs> they're going to have to pay him more than we thought. Well, you and I were talking about eight and a half, nine, I think, in the That's summer. That's a joke. That's not it's, happening. It's not, no, it's not happening. Yeah. It feels like a mistake that the Leafs didn't get everybody signed sooner than they did. Okay, so let's play that out. Let's say, like, we all think that they should have signed those guys as soon as they possibly could, right? So let's say you, you're, you're having a tough time with Neander, right? So, okay, we'll move to, to Matthews, get that done. Okay, that's fine. But then, like, you sign, let's say you sign Marner and you give him, let's say, nine by eight. Then if Neander's looking at that, he's like, you're giving him nine? Our numbers aren't that different. Well, apparently and that's you're what... saying, you, you want to give me six or you want to give me six and a half? That's what happened with, e think with so. Edmonton and Leon Dreisaitl, right? Exactly. Is it, well, if McDavid's getting 12 and a half, I'm not taking six something. Yes. Because I only had however many fewer points he had. And yeah. The big mistake was, like, they didn't sign him before last season. Now that's not Neilander? Yeah, but that's not to say like maybe he wouldn't sign. If I was Neilander, would you like would you guys sign? Like I wouldn't sign. I'd play the year out. I'd build up my numbers. It's the same thing with Marner. Like why would Marner sign this past summer? As much as we can say like it makes sense. There's no reason to sign. Like he was going to play with Tavares. He's going to get 90 points. He get 10 and a half, 11, I don't know. It's, it's a really, really tough box, and like, this is why you hire Kyle Dubas. Like, Let me you ask expect you Kyle Dubas to kind of figure these things out. Do you out think they're going to try and squeeze all of these guys? Are they going to try and play hardball like this, like the way they have with Nylander, with everybody? Probably. Wouldn't you? 
but then they're going to get like they could get into a situation where like the offer sheet door opens on July 1 for Matthews and Marner. It's a different question because I think Nylanders had a hard time finding an offer sheet is what what I heard is that they weren't able to to get a team to step up and do it. I don't think that's going to be the case with Matthews and Marner. So it's kind of a different that then all of a sudden the negotiation gets taken out of your hands if if an offer sheet is a real threat. Well, and so doesn't that become like a point of leverage for both their sides? Like if you're yes. Marner and Matthews, you know, like the July the first is yes. coming around, you need to sign me. Yes. Yeah, it's a really tough situation. Like the one thing that has happened, and I'm sure all you guys have sensed this. I've sensed this is like Neander has gotten to the point now because he he hasn't played in the whole year and he hasn't played since April. He wasn't. Was it April? When were the playoffs? Yeah, it ended like in April. It was like April 30th or something like that. I was looking at it the other day. Okay, so he, he didn't have a great playoff. And it now feels like he's gotten wildly underrated. It's like Martyr's way better than, like, Martyr's in a different, like, I'm in the camp that believes William Neander is really good and can be, like, I don't know what he can be. And that's why, like, this idea that they, they should get rid of him or, like, they should. That's why I would, if, if the choices were trade him or let him sit out the season, I'd let him sit out the season because I think he can be so much better. Well, the other thing, too, is that Chris Johnston reported on Saturday that the number that the Nylander camp wanted was six years by $6.9 million. Yes, and if that's the case, I It don't. seems very reasonable, right? I mean... Totally. Yeah. But I guess, like, the, the thing we don't know in this whole situation is, like, there's so many... Like, it's like we're playing a hand of cards and we don't know... We don't know everybody's cards. Like, we think we know... But we don't really know, like maybe Dubas has an idea from Jake Gardner's camp that it's going to take X number to get Jake Gardner done, right? And so he's thinking, man, like if I can keep him here and him here and him here, we can keep Jake well, Gardner. I, yeah. I think they went in with a roadmap with this is what we're going to pay each of these guys and we just, that's what we need to pay them in order to keep everybody. But we the problem we is can and we will. Changes, right? We can and we will. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, yeah. The math, the math can change pretty fast. But like the difference in having him on their team is so much different. Like, as great as Kasperi Kapanen has played, he ain't William Nylander. Like, it's not, it's not close. He's good, and, like, he looks like he's way more than I thought he would be and probably they thought he would be. Like, he looked like... Didn't he just look like he was going to be, like, a good... A really good, like, tweener? Like, someone who's, who's probably too good for your fourth line, but probably not good enough for to play in one of your top two lines? So, okay, so let's... I, I, yeah. Like, if we logic it out, and we come to Saturday and the deadline's coming, don't you just say, let's sign the 6 by 6.9 deal? 1,000%. But maybe, like, you play this, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a... I think they're just waiting for Nylander's side to come down a little bit more, and then, then, then they're in. Just, like, that's that's just my guess. Just wait, like, just sweat this thing out and just push it as Get far as Get as much you as you it. can, and then... Man. That has to be what's going on. Can you imagine having to deal with Mike every day? So, is it done yet? No. Okay. <laughs> Can you, like, can you, you know Mike Babcock. Like, he is probably, this you, is probably a nightmare what was the quote for him today? to see Do you have the quote day. today from Babcock? I love the quote from today. Well, he basically I said, it. like, he talks to Kyle every single day. And he said, you know, Neander, they want to keep Neander. Neander's going to be a long-term leaf. Basically, he was refuting Elliot's idea that they're going to trade him as soon as Well, that's the funny summer. thing is that Babcock's always reading Twitter and seeing what people are saying. i got to find this quote. It was fantastic. Do you think he likes your puns or no? I don't think he likes much of what I do. To be honest. I, don't, I don't think he's a huge fan. Okay, Mike Babcock and William Nylander. We think Willie's going to be here, and we think he's, Willie's going to be here for a long time. We think he's going to be a career leaf. That's what we think. It's like, it's like a Dr. Seuss kind of like. <laughs> pop on pop. Tomorrow it's going to be another level. Like It's been stepping up every day. Tomorrow it's going to be, we think Willie's going to be on Legends Row. 
<laughs> we think Willie's gonna marry my daughter. We we're think gonna, we're gonna retire his number tomorrow. <laughs> we think Willie's going to the Hall of Fame in a leaf sweater. If you were Dubis and like you saw that stuff each day, would you be like, oh man, please, just don't say anything. Like you're, it's tough enough, man. Babcock's been Babcock's been kind of like a, a gift from heaven for the media because he just says the truth. Well, like, do you find is that he, the truth, or is that what he wants to be the truth? Well, he, he says his truth. Like, we, we know how he that feels. That sounds like a perfect word for right now. Like, we know how he feels chunky. about everything. And that's not always the case. Like, I, I found with Ron Wilson and Randy Carlyle that they would try and, like, they were Bullshit trying us. Yeah, they were trying to control the narrative with what they gave the media. And Babs is just like. But it just, like, it raises the stakes on Kyle Dubas. Like, if you're, like, man, like, this is really, really a hard negotiation. Yeah. And then you got Mike coming out each day and be like, he's going to be here. He's going to play. Yep. It's going to happen. I think yeah, that doesn't right. really help their leverage, does it? If, if the coach is out there saying, oh, it's, it's going to well, happen. Well, it's like one report is out there. They're going to trade him. And then the coach is like, no. We're That's what I was going to say about some of those reports you see about the, the trade talks. There have been some other ones, too. I think some of that is just like the Leafs, the Leafs want that to be out there. They want that to be Why? out there. Because that helps them with their leverage. Does it? Like it makes William Neander think, man. Actually, the one that's better. Do you want to play? The one, one that's of better is the they're willing to let him sit for the season. Like that. That's way better. That, that came out like a week ago or whatever, whatever it was. Guess where I'm going if that happens? <laughs> Sweden. You're gonna go to Sweden? Yeah, yeah I'd love to. Um, do you want to bring Justin out, or yeah. would you like to talk about? Should we talk to Justin Bourne? No, let's. Well, he can talk Neander too. Okay, great. I told everyone it was gonna be Neander talks. How do we get Justin? There he is. Oh, he's taking it off, everyone. You want to shed any other layers? Hi, Justin. Welcome to Neilander Talks. <laughs> we were just doing it in the back, actually. So Nothing but Willie. Prepped. Maybe we should just rename Nothing the but Willie is a terrible like, slogan. The Neilander, and just have Neilander stories every day, every team. No? Okay. I mean, how, yeah. Whatever I mean. sells subscriptions, I always say. <laughs> Okay, so Justin, you know, you know, you have experience working with Kyle Dubas. Given what you know about him, like he has this, there's, there's kind of two perceptions of what Kyle Dubas is. There's like this idea, like he's like this very analytical, and like he's, he's not like all these old school GMs. But there's also like a more fiery side, and you know, you talk to people who work with him, like he's very competitive. I remember Travis Dermott telling me uh, at some point earlier this year that there was one game where Kyle came down, he like reamed them out when they weren't playing well. There's lots of things you hear that build more of a, a complete narrative about who he is. How do you imagine he would be handling a situation like this, where there is like a lot of pressure on him right now? Because as much as like he came in with lots of expectation and hope, now like this is this is kind of a cluster fuck. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I swear I don't know if I can swear. Yeah, you're whatever. fine. You're we fine. swore at all the other ones. <laughs> Um, the, the one thing with Kyle is uh, I don't think you want to ask Kyle his opinion right in the middle of when things are really heated. Like he, he, the second he gets fired up, he will snap and he's in a pretty high position of power. So there's not a whole lot of people who can push back on that. But the second he gets, give him 20 minutes to step away, gather himself push his spectacles back up his nose and become analytical Kyle Dubas, which, you know, th that's how most people perceive him, I think. He 
almost always in some, you know, what I've seen. He makes the right decision. So, you know, what's interesting in that is in negotiations, I think there are plenty of moments where you want to tell someone to um, go go fuck themselves if we're swearing. Um, and, I, and I think that's... <laughs> I guess we are. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, so Uncensored leave for poor podcast. Yeah, right. So I, I put think, an explicit next to the thing. That's right. So I, I think a lot of this will come down to the fact that these have been uh, intense negotiations, and it's been very important to Kyle and his, uh, you know, the team's salary cap, his reputation, his legacy, his perception, all this. It's very important to Kyle. And then same thing for the agent. He's got a good player, and he can't, you know, he can't leave with a, a David Pasternak deal where you know it's going to be bad in like nine minutes. So uh, I don't necessarily think it comes down to the dollars and cents as much as, you know, these people know that their reputations hang on this, and, and it's a battle, a public battle that they're waging, and I don't think they want to come out looking poor. So you worked with Nylander, right? Yep. You were with on the, yeah. Yep. What, what is your, maybe you can tell people your kind of perception of him. I think that on camera, you don't really see the full Nylander. He's, he's terrible on camera. Awful. He's He's terrible with the media in general. Like, yeah. he's, we've talked about doing, like, a Q&A with him, and it's, we, I remember saying to Jonas, we, you might have to go to and talk to him four times to get enough for like a and a just to get him to... I don't understand that actually because like knowing Willie, uh, I was with the Toronto Marlies there when he was there and I see him on camera now and it's like they give him Valium before he's on camera. He's just like, I don't know, it was good. We tried hard, or, you know, whatever. But he's, he's just not super comfortable in that environment. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, but he also wants to be a star. It's like very conflicting. Uh, you know, you see these different sides of him and... Um, he's a really nice kid, and I think that, you know, he grew up the son of an NHL player and, you know, sort of in this environment and all that, and he's got the long blonde hair, and he was, you know, touted to be awesome since he was young. It's It all came easy to him for a long time, and right now I think he's coming to grips with it gets harder, and, you know, the media scrutiny gets harder, and, um, yeah, but behind the scenes, he is, he, he at his core, is it seems to be a really nice kid, and I, I don't believe, and, and I wrote this today in, in my article, I don't believe that he's behind the scenes going, you know, grinding over, you know, they say they're 300 grand apart, you know, you could split it in the middle, 150 each way. I don't believe he's the guy going, no, like, no way, I need that 150. Like, that, that's not a, but Whitley's not doing that. Some people are casting him as this, you know, the enigmatic European greedy player, you know, going for all the money. And, like, the um, the amount that we know him personally, that just doesn't seem like him at all. No. I, don't, I don't think he cares. No, I honestly don't. Uh, you know, there are some players... Willie's going to be fine. There are some players... Like, he's got enough. His family's got money. He's from money. You know, whether he makes... Six nine or seven one or you know whatever the difference is, he's rich and he's famous and he lives in Toronto. People are going to know who he is and have endorsements. He's fine, and that's part of the problem is motivating Willie because he's fine. So I think you know a lot of this like animosity is coming from you know the agent wants more and wants to look better and his dad wants this and that and. That is one of the problems with Willie as a player as well. It's tough to get him to be like, this matters. But it's like, man, if like you could like harness that every night or even like in the just in the playoffs every night. Like the guy he always sort of reminded me of, and it's not a great comparison, is like Kovalev. Like when he's on, he's awesome. Yeah. When he's not, like he, it's like a little bit like, why isn't he there? Yeah. And it's like if he could put it together, he could – could he score 35 goals and have 80 points? Well, for his sure. dad had some of that too, right? I mean, Michael yeah. Nylander was ridiculously talented, but he was kind of a mercenary and he bounced all around and he wasn't always 
the most popular teammate. And, and, and listen, Willie is exceptionally talented, and I think um, he's got more of a consistent drive than uh, Kovalev. Um, but it's just you look at his stats, and a lot of times uh, the more analytically inclined people will pull up his, like, you know, let's say five, uh, you know, five on five points per 60, and they're, like, the equivalent of these crazy great players. He's top 20 in the league. Yeah, and they're great. But, you know, I think back to our, our playoff run um, with the Marlies where he didn't score a goal, you know, he had one goal going to like the third round and then we're down like 8-1 and he scored a hat trick or something. And like, you know, it ends up looking like, yeah, I mean, his numbers were pretty good. You know, I'm not necessarily sure, I, you know, uh, I'm not going to preach clutch or anything like that or drive or anything, but I, I do hesitate a little bit on some of the, the, the analytics with Willie because I'm not sure that, you know, when you want, you need hockey players, you need people who push when it matters and I'm not sure he's a guy that you'll have in that moment, but he's so talented you have to have him. So isn't that maybe why there might be some reticence from the Leafs to give him the long-term deal and yes. maybe yeah, go sh- He's go a sh- guy who needs motivation, for sure. And that's I got in a lot of trouble last year because I basically said when Babcock was putting him on the fourth line, not giving him opportunity in minutes, and I said, well, sometimes you need the carrot, sometimes you need the stick, and sometimes Willie needs to stick more than other people. And um, a long-term deal, uh, I'm not sure if he's staying for extra gym sessions after you give him a, but a big one. where I'd argue against that, there's no world where you could pay – you could pay William Nealander eight. There's no world like he's not going to make that fine. If he's not getting it done in the big game, like let's just say that what happened with the Marlies is what he is. and Play his, that out over seven years. What, what is if he going to be worth $8 million per? If his motivation sure. level is 80% of what it could be, then – what was it the past couple of years? And he had 60 points as like a 20 and 21 year old. I, I guess, but for eight like million, he, that's eight, that's how talented he is. For like, eight million, I, don't think, I think you want you want growth, right? Yeah, but it's eight million right now. The cap is going to go up. And I also don't want to make this sound like Willie doesn't try because Will, Willie tries and he's there and he's a good kid and all that sort of stuff. It's just you know certain players have that like they will do anything. They'll throw them their face in front of a puck. That's not. Oh, well, it's that's like all. Zach Hyman. Like, yeah, that's right? that's exactly it. And yeah, he he's not that guy. But he, either way. There's only so much elite talent in the NHL, and if it, once you draft it, you can't trade for it. You can't pick it up in the waiver wire. You know, you have to draft it, and they're lucky to have him. And if you get him, you're right. Even if it is eight, it's probably worth it eventually. But You can trade for it if you trade with the Oilers. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's an Oilers fan in here somewhere. He just died. The, the Bobby Mack, one, it's one-for-one one tweet, is an all-timer. Adam, Adam Larson? Yeah, <laughs> but that's exactly why you don't trade him, and that's why I like this whole idea. And, and uh, maybe you can speak to this. There's this idea that maybe they will trade him. I just don't believe in any world what I know about Kyle Dubas that he would trade a player no. like that. I don't think he's going to make a bad trade. I think he, if he is, you'd gonna, only make a bad trade. How do you not make a bad trade? I'm, I'm a seagull. You can only make a bad trade. What, you're what only going to make one. Right? Sebastian Ajo's not coming right, back. Right. Exactly. Like you're not getting somebody who's him. And like, so the idea is, okay, you get a number one defenseman. Really? How is that happening? Like, it, it just doesn't make total sense to me. You're going to end up giving, you know, here's our, you know, two seconds and, uh, you know, a prospect and a roster player, and you, you end up getting, you know, six dimes for 70 cents. That's a terrible analogy. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you get a bunch of pieces for something solid. So uh, I don't think a trade ever ends up well. Yeah, I think we should move on from Neilander. No, more, no more Neilander talk? Yeah, Neilander, that's the end of Neilander talks. For now, until we, we're going to do Q&A at the end, people can ask as many Neilander questions as they want. And if, like, something happens and you guys are checking your phone, just, like, shout it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's signed or he's traded or he's gone or... <laughs> yeah. 
Let us know. Yeah, we're going to be sitting here and it's going to have happened. The show might just end all of a sudden because we have to go. They'll never like, trade him. And then meanwhile, everyone is, yeah. <laughs> they traded him. Everyone's for, running they out They trade the him door. directly for Sebastian Aho as I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's funny. Like, we've spent, I don't know how long we've been up here, but we've talked a lot about Neander. We haven't talked much about Austin Matthews. Um, they played, yeah. They went nine and five, ten and five. If you want to use Mike Babcock's uh, point of contention, that they came back from two nothing down when Matthews got hurt. Uh, but anything stick out to you, either of you guys from Matthews last night? He scored. He just had a quiet night, couple goals, assist. Austin Matthews has a good shot. <laughs> you were asking for ideas after the game last night. Like, I was not asking for ideas. Austin Matthews has a good headline. shot. Oh, that, that's a headline, too. James is like a headline guru. <laughs> um, I happened to be at the game last night, and uh, the first couple times Austin touched the puck, he kind of fumbled it. Like, you know, he's got that really distinct way of stick handling. Like, it's magnetic and stuck to a stick, and it just wasn't stuck to a stick. And I was like, leaned over to a buddy, and I was like, ooh, he looks a little rusty. And all of a sudden, it was like, backdoor pass, assist, rips one top corner. And I was like, he's all right. I guess <laughs> he'll sort it out. That is him, Rusty. That's the Rusty version. <laughs> so he's got a goal a game. Do you think he can get 68 in 68 games? So I think Line A right now is on pace for 68 goals over 82 games. So it would be quite a... he started slowly, and now he's right. 19. It would be quite a thing if those two were pushing into the... Like 68 is probably too then much. Then we could write another, should they have taken Line A number one? <laughs> 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 Subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess... Like, you, you start to think of, like, what he could accomplish this year. It doesn't seem like out of the realm of possibility, even though he missed 14 games, like that he could challenge for the Rocket Richard Trophy, which is crazy. The only thing is, now, I'm at a point, and this is a terrible point to be at, but I'm a, a, at a point, as someone who roots for the Leafs, where I, I don't know that he's going to stay healthy. I don't trust it. And I know that's terrible, but it's just like... Yeah, if he stays healthy this whole way, for sure. But, you know, I'm getting skeptical. I'm not there yet. I, he needs to have another injury for me to say this guy's injury prone. It's going to happen, like, tomorrow, and you're going to regret that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's uh, he certainly is. He's that special, and it's unfortunate that, you know, he has missed so many games, so he hasn't got to take down one of those big trophies or, or even be in the running neck and neck with Line A right now because, obviously, he would be in beyond. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just get a little nervous. Imagine how much of a shame that would be if Austin Matthews is this – like probably the best leaf ever in terms of skill set, and he just can't stay healthy. But the, you know what? We th we we talked. We, we talked. Hold on. We talked about this with Sidney Crosby for years and years, did we not? Like, yeah. you know, in Crosby, there was a year and a half there where like it was like what a waste of. He got the 13-year contract, and everyone was like, "Ooh, I don't know." Yeah, and you know, since then he's you know he's hung in there and he's put up numbers and he's still great at you know in, later into his career. So certainly it's not determinant to you know of anything, but you know it's just. Just a, just a thing on, on the outskirts that, you know, I think about. Okay. Let's talk about, like, the stretch that they played without Matthews because it was pretty good. Like, I didn't – I don't think anybody here was probably totally surprised that they managed to win some games without Matthews. Their schedule was insane. You know, I know. Like, you guys all probably know from watching it. It was like there was a game every night. Uh, but, like, what's – James, let's start with you. What's one thing you learned about the Leafs during the stretch without Matthews? It really showed how much better they are with John Tavares in the lineup. Tavares. Yeah, it really. Yeah, we need to do. We should have like a drinking game where every <laughs> time you say it wrong, like you have to take yeah, a drink. We'd be falling off our chairs. <laughs> Tavares. I think we really learned how much better and deeper this team is with John Tavares in there because you could be missing William Nylander and you can be missing Austin Matthews and you can still be one of the three or four best teams in the league, which is unbelievable. You know what's such an un unbelievable thing with Tavares? Tavares. Damn it. 
just talked about this. Where's your drink? <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is, can you imagine the pressure that this kid was under? You know, he signs 11 million a year. He comes back to the Toronto Maple Leafs, his hometown. Um, you know, the weight of, you know, the guy who's going to bring a cup, the way he left Long Island and people are not happy with him. And then he just comes out and just like pours the puck in the net. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm still John Tavares. That's still a thing. So uh, I'm just, I've been so impressed with him. And it's so obvious how much better this team is with him. And who knows what it'll look like down the road. But for now, in their, what seems to be their window to win the cup, I mean, this guy is a first line center through and through. There was all that shit in the first, what, three weeks of the season or whatever. Where is, is Tavares worth the money? This created the cap problem, and that's why they haven't signed Nylander. And someone said he was just okay. And that's some, a, just okay. That's a great line. Didn't in the someone city. say he was just okay? Yeah. I, probably. We won't say who it was. Hockeybuzz.com. <laughs> it was not them. But, but like, he was not just okay. He like he was no. He was, he was, he was like, like fifty goals. Right he like away. hit the crossbar like six times in the game before that, and it's like yeah. like he was scoring every. If game. If you're just looking at the stat sheet after eight games or whatever, then that's the only way you could have said he was just okay. He was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I, I, and, and he's he, also the type of guy who, you know, you don't necessarily see him all the time, and then you know someone scores, and you're like, who was that? Ninety-one. Okay, like he's just he knows where to be, and when he gets to play with someone who's such a great playmaker uh, like Mitch Marner. He's perfect. The, he's the perfect match for perfect. him because a lot of people can't think the way that Mitch does. John can't get to places that Mitch can. But he's ready for when. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's so solid. It's like, you know, they say you, you can't give a, a good player a bad pass. You can throw it anywhere near him, and he'll find a way to put it home. And uh, he's just – he's so smart, and, uh, and Mitch needs to play with someone who's as smart as him to be able to take advantage, uh, particularly when Mitch grabbed the stick off the bench. Ah. Seeing Tavares, he had to see him through – Four guys, like layers of guys, to know that Tavares was streaking to that back post and trust that the effort was going to be there. And so, uh, yeah, they they have this like mind meld going that's super impressive. You know the Islanders side of the Tavares thing super well, obviously because, well, you know the you, you know you're you're part of Islanders royalty, right? Got, got some ties, got some ties. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so you saw him basically elevate all of these like good, not great wingers year after year after year with the Islanders, and then Ocposo gets paid, and Anders Lee gets paid, and Matt Bailey gets paid, and Bailey, Bailey and Molson, and on and on and on, and all these guys get paid, and then the Leaves go and stick him with Marner, who looks like one of the best playmakers in the league the last 10 years, and it's it's magic. Yeah, it's it's also really depressing as someone who grew up, you know, as part of the Islanders family and, and rooting for the Islanders. Really depressing to think that Tavares is there for nine years, and maybe he was underutilized. Like, you know, he... he Do you want to know what's crazy? Like, I was asking him, like, the best passers he played with. The first guy he pointed with, and he's like a fine player, but like it's like Thomas Hickey, PA Parento. I'm like, oh, yeah. like geez, man, yeah, like a fringe NHL. And then he went, and then he said Matt Molson, and yeah. then he said Josh Bailey, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense why he came to Toronto. Yeah. Like, that's, that's it right there. Like you can't be mad at him. That's Those are the, the best Islanders. guys you get. You played with them, like yeah. yeah that, that's been the Islanders' frustration for or fans' frustration forever. Is just give him someone to play with and uh, he, he just never really had that opportunity and it, it kind of feels like a lot of wasted years he looks so much better doesn't he he look, like in the Leafs fold where he's not being asked to be everything and be the guy that's checked every night and and I think people will really notice it with Austin Matthews healthy and especially if they get Nylander back not to to get back into that again but I, I think we, w if this Leafs roster is whole and Tavares is not up there against other teams top lines every night 
he looks unstoppable. I mean, the, the biggest thing, and I think a, a lot of Leafs fans share this, is I just want to see the full Voltron assembled one game. <laughs> I don't care, you know, what happens the rest That's of the year. That's the thing. Like they're they're right near the top of the NHL, and they yeah. haven't had two of their best players for most of the year. I just, what does it look like? Isn't that what Dom was writing about last night? It was something. No, UGO. What, was, it? what was what is that? Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a anime cartoon. I'm supposed to be the editor, and I don't game. understand what our writers are writing yeah. half the time. <laughs> it's an age thing. Dom's like nine. It's uh, <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah. He calls me dad. <laughs> he says this is a you dad. Should, he says this is a dad hat. It is too. a dad hat, but yeah. you should fire him for that alone. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my kid. Well, yeah. so let's talk about one of the guys who's kind of emerged during the stretch, Kasperi Kapanen. So you watched him the first couple years. You had him with the Marlies. Was there any point where you're like, man, he can be this? Yeah. Seriously? I, absolutely, yeah. Uh, first off, when I thought this, I didn't think this mustache hair combo because it's awful. And it needs to I end. like the hair, man. The hair's fine. He the gets going and it's just terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the hair's like, not yeah, the he duster, should, though. You he, don't like the dust. He should go full ponytail all the way back down. <laughs> and then when he's flying, it's like knocking guys behind him in the yeah. face. I wouldn't mind like a little headband or something. That would be all right. Yeah. I could handle that. Or but a yeah. bandana under the helmet. Yeah. yeah. But there was, there was certainly a point um, before he got hurt. Jake Dotchin had like quite the run of taking out like Marley's players right when they were at like ready to get called up no joke it was like within a day or two Cappy was going up when Dotchin took a cheap shot uh, you know tore his MCL and he didn't get to go up but that was the year uh, he was 20 years old uh, he had 48 uh, points in 48 games and a lot of people think in the American League like it must be like the QMJHL like if you're not two points per game you're nothing the league leaders in the American League are generally a point per game and those guys are all 30 28 30 years old uh, you know guys who have been through it when you're 20 point per game is impressive and that was around the time Craig uh, Button called him a, a dime a dozen I believe um, but we we knew what we had in Cappy and just needed to get him back to how he looked um, Brooks Light got sent, uh, sent down to us with the Marlies when we had Cappy and uh, played, not with him, but just got to see him play a couple games. And uh, I was sit sitting by Like on the bus, and I, I was watching video on the bus after the game, and uh, we were watching a Cappy play, and I was like, how about his skating or whatever? And he said he would be a top 10 skater in the NHL today, and that was two years ago. And Cappy's gotten faster since, since then. Other than McDavid, I, I don't know if there's a better skater. Uh, he can handle the puck at high speeds, maybe not quite as fast as he can skate. He can't quite handle him that, that high speed, but he's got a great shot. Um, yeah, I, he's, he's a player. They're going to cost him. He's going to cost them money, too. Yeah, that's making things more complicated. I know people don't want to hear about the cap yeah, situation. Yeah, but, but it's not, it's not going to be crazy. It's a good problem to have, obviously. It's going to be hard to keep Jake Gardner now that Kapanen is going to project for more. Like I, I think in the summer we talked about Kapanen getting two million next year. Good segue opportunity. Is that thanks, what's next? Thanks, James. I haven't even. He didn't let me look at the paper well, this time. Well, because you were like, you you make too much nonsense about this stuff. <laughs> I'm the boss, so I, I don't have know. To run this. I don't now. know what's next. So you mentioned Jake Gardner. Travis Dermott is obviously becoming more and more interesting as this year goes on. If you were them, and I, and you both can answer this. Would you look at Dermot and be like, man, he can be in our top four next year. We don't need to take those cap dollars and give them to Gardner, who's going to be 29, I think, at that point. Like, would you just feel comfortable next year putting him in a role where he's, you know, going against top lines and he's being really, really important for you? I, I mean, I'd yes. be comfortable tomorrow. Yes. 
I think seriously. The yeah. other thing too, Jonas, is that you look at Rasmus Sandin. If you watch him with the Marlies, he was really good. He looks. I, I think they said he's leading uh, rookie D in scoring in the AHL. He's only played nine games. He's got four goals. He looks outstanding. Like yeah. I, I think that Sandin. He looked good at camp too. Sandin can be a third pair guy next year, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, we got all these left D, and and Rosen looks good, and if you've got, they've got a, a wealth of talent at that position. Yeah, uh, I mean. It's an interesting thing that with Gardner because obviously, again, a lot of the analytics folks like him because he, he does have good numbers and all that. But it's crazy to look at this Leafs roster and be like, yeah, we should let one of our better defensemen go. You know, like it just because that's oh, where because you, there's another defenseman who like makes more sense to let go. Sure, who that be Ronald? Well, no, no, <laughs> like he's a UFA. Like the thing is, like with, with Hainsey, like he would be fine. Like if he's on your third pair, fine. Sure. Yeah, I'm talking about Zaitsev. I, yeah. Yeah, so how, how do you get rid of that? Trade him to the Islanders. <laughs> honestly, Lou, Lou obviously loves him. Honestly, Kyle should trade all of the Lou deals to Lou and be like, you said you liked it. If you, know, if you, if you were sincere, here you go. You know, have it for nothing. Um, yeah, I, the, it is a problem. Um, it, it was obviously the day he signed that deal. That was a bit of a head scratcher, right? Like it wasn't like it took a few. Yeah. Well, how come they only gave him seven years and not eight? Well, that was it. It was like this is this is so silly. Um, the funny thing about that is like I remember asking him on the conference call. I'm like, so why seven years? And I think he said something along the lines of, well, they asked for six, and like we're like, okay, seven. <laughs> It's a great Family Guy episode about negotiation. That, that's not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do there, but I certainly think that come, you know, game one of the playoffs, I do not think that this is how the Toronto Maple Leafs D looks. But what do you do, though? There's nobody available on trade on the right side. I don't know, James. Kyle's smart. I'm not. <laughs> but seriously, okay. that's exactly why you hire Kyle Dubas, right? You hire him to be creative and try to yeah. find something. I don't so know. So Hainsey's UFA, so he's probably not going to be back next year in, in theory. In theory. And if you don't want Zaitsev and you want to get rid of him, you got a whole lot of nothing on right defense. Yeah. Igor Ojaganov and Justin Hall. Well, I mean, Dermot can play the right side. Maybe if you feel like you're better on the left side, you can flip someone to their, their offside and hope that that works out, but... Yeah, I, I mean, it really is a, a big situation. The, the only saving grace you have is that in today's NHL, skill and offense is starting to prevail. You know, teams are scoring more, um, and having great forwards is, is more valuable than ever. And you just go, well, if we have the puck all game, no one ever has to defend. So you have a couple guys who can break the puck out the rare times you do and just hope your guys can hang, out, uh, hang on at the other end. That's the weird thing, though, is that the Leafs don't have the puck all the time, right? Like, yeah. that's not really their strength right now. I guess maybe that's just the chance taking that comes with having skill guys too i don't know it's a tough gig i mean that's uh you know every team in the salary cap era is going to have its flaws um you know we saw pittsburgh penguins win with a decor that's probably worse than the current leafs one well like their top pair was hainsey and dumoulin yeah yeah and that's worse riley hainsey is a lot better yeah <laughs> comparatively <laughs> right yeah, no so it's not like it's impossible so you hope that you can load up up front and, uh, and they have the puck and things work out. That'd be so fascinating if what ends up happening is they're super top-heavy at forward and then they are spending almost nothing. Don't you think that's fun. okay? If you, I think you can find guys, right? Can't you? We'll see. Justin <laughs> Hall can play hockey. I, I don't understand. He's not so, gonna, he, He's not, not right happen. now. Man. I know it's not. I know. but he, Sorry. We, we see him in the press box every night. Here's the thing that bothers me about the current uh, Babcock era is that we know what the Leafs are. Do we not? We, we have a pretty good idea. They're, they're a 
you know, number one, number two team in the division. They're talented. They're offense heavy. They're going to win more than they lose even when they play bad. Experiment a bit. Let's see. What, what do we have in Justin Hall? What do we have, you know, if... Dermot on the right side. Sure, I mean, what do we have with They should Dermot be trying the right these side? things. Yes. Yeah. And I like that they got Janssen, uh, you know, with Matthews and giving him a look. That's over already. Do you see? The no. lines of practice, he wasn't Come on. on. He was well, what I think he's going to do is he's going to use Janssen at home when he can control the matchup and give them easier stuff. And on the road, he's going to put Marlowe. He Marlo looked great there. with Matthews. Just keep them. Just keep it together. You can call him up and ask him. I don't know. So, tell you, man. The, also, the implication there is that Marlowe is a better, safer player than yeah. Janssen. And like, as much as like, I don't totally agree. I understand where he's coming from. Do you, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah, I understand. You know, he needs his, his binky. He needs his safety blanket. Uh, you know, so he's... He, I know he loves Marlowe. Uh, I just think Janssen can, can do the same role, um, probably with a little more energy for as many minutes or more. The only other thing I had down on my list... Do you want to see the list? No. I heard I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> Uh, I, the only other thing I wanted to talk about was Connor Brown, um, just because he's had kind of an interesting year and he's now kind of an interesting person in their puzzle piece. Do you think like they just get to a point where he's just like a really good fourth liner and that's like what he is and that's okay? He makes too much to be that. So no, I think that if he's a fourth liner, then that's one of the pieces you shuffle to create room next year. I, I think the biggest thing is that how it's going for him right now, I don't think his value is, you know, I don't think he has value. And I think he has value as a hockey player to the team. And I think you assume at some point in playoffs going into the whole thing, you're going to have injuries. And he's just, you know, he's a Band-Aid. He's a utility player. You can play him left wing, right wing, first line, fourth line. So I think his value is that if things go wrong, I'm here to, to be plug and play. Um, maybe that's not what you want for over $2 million a year, but um, y you know, it, it's been a tough start for him because he hasn't really got that opportunity. But well, what is he like? What, what do you think he can be? Like he's played with Kadri the whole year. You know, we talked about uh, earlier that drive that Nylander doesn't have. He is he drive. He is an engine like he wants it. He's not the fastest guy. His shot is frankly bad, um, but he's smart and he works so hard. So I think realistically he's best suited as a, a third line winger, kills penalties for you, plays 16 minutes a night, call it a day. Anything else, James? <laughs> okay, well, we're going to take a break, and then we'll be back with more Nylander talk, for sure. F 15 minutes, we'll be back. Hit the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Hi, guys. We have stuff. Wait. So thank you again for coming out and for listening to the podcast. It is brought to you by the Saki Hall of Fame. And thank you for coming out tonight, especially when the Raptors are playing Golden State. Who's I winning? I know. I got it. Actually, I don't want to know. I'm planning to watch it tomorrow. Um, so we are going to do trivia to give some Saki Hall of Fame Bab Sox away. That's our sponsor. Yeah. They make this all happen. So here's the trivia question. So we have four pairs of socks. Okay. So I'm going to – there are four answers to this question. Don't shout it out. Yes, don't shout it out. Otherwise, Hand up. we'll have to come up with a new question. Hand up. So four answers. Each answer that's correct gets a pair of socks. Okay, so the Leafs sent out four pieces in the Dion Phaneuf trade. We need those four players. So we'll go one by one, and each person who gets – just name one, right? Just, just name just one. Just name one of the players. Okay, so we'll start here on the right. Harrison? 
Erickson? That is incorrect. We'll keep going to your right. That's one. He wins some Babsox. Awesome. How about here in the middle? That's stage, and that's two. Here? Oh, you got to know it. Come on, man. Nobody else knows? There's two more. Okay, guys in the back right there. No, no, no. <laughs> Who is that? That's three. We got one, two more. Right here? No, I don't think we have. Shustrom came back, so that's wrong, actually. I got the question wrong. Sorry. Sorry. No, he went the other way. Sorry. It's who the Leafs sent out to Calgary. Right there in the back? Way in the back. Hat. That's you. Correct. That's three. I think that's three. And just ahead of him? That's, that's correct. That's good. That was very good. That was impressive. You would not believe how nerdy the talk was back there. We were talking about, like, Kessel and, like, man. All right. Whoever got it right, like, actually right, not the Schustrom non nonsense, that. we have a sock for you. So come, come grab it before we get going here. Wait, what are the socks that we have? Which ones? Jeremy Roenick. We got a, a Brian Leach. Here. Brian Leach. <laughs> that's actually so funny it's so crazy we talked about it last podcast how there's been no offer sheet I, look what I got on I got my uh, I got my Mario's on Mario Lemieux I can't remember what were we going to talk about here you have the list Neilander, yes has he has he signed yet or no no. Okay. So when was that that trade for Phaneuf? It was '09. I think it was 2010. 2010. That was a crazy time. Like it's. I'm sure you guys remember. It was a crazy. Like it. It's not that long ago. The Leafs were in like this really weird position where they had like kind of weird, ill-fitting players and like a team that wasn't really going anywhere. And it that wasn't that long ago. And Burke was making these huge trades to try and fix what was happening and. It didn't work. It didn't work. But it, it actually work. worked out because they are kind of where they are. And, and actually, now I remember what we were going to talk about. The one thing we should talk about, just because it is really relevant and it's not Neilander and it's not Matthews, we should talk about Marner. Um, there are some people, and I'm not one of these people, maybe some of you guys are, maybe you are, James, who think he is their best player. I do not think that, but he is like, that's a hot take. Yes, it is a hot take. But it's like. Jonas bursts into flames. He is like. Do you think this is him? We got Scotty here for the hot takes, not for... Yeah, so Scotty Mack is going to be coming out in just no, a sec. I don't, wait, let I me don't ask think you this. Marner's their best player, but No, he... no, no, I'm not asking if there's their best player. What I'm asking you is, do you think this jump, where he's on pace for like 100 points, do you think this is Tavares, Tavares, or do you think this is like what he is, and like he's just young and getting better and like figuring out the league? No, I think he's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, the, the, without Tavares at the end of last year, he was this good too. Don't you remember like when he was playing with Kadri? And in the playoffs, he was their best player, yep. right? He was the best Leaf in the playoffs. I think this is what Mitch Marner is, and I think that we all probably underrated him. And it's good for the Leafs. Makes it tough on the, on the cap, but 
it's a good problem to have that, that he's so good. And I always think back to that draft, and it's like, man, how did Arizona take Dylan Strom over him? Like, <laughs> but it's wow. like you thought that at the time. You, you, I don't know. I'm yeah. sure you guys thought this. Like, you watched Dylan yeah. Strom skate, and with all due respect, like, you saw the league getting really fast, and you're like, how is he going to be, like, an impact player in this league? Even like one of those defensemen that went after Marner and all those guys like Provorov or Wawrinski. If you want to thank Mark Hunter for anything, it's that he was Marner all the way. And he's one of the reasons why they got him. Well, and like that's why you – like there, there is this idea that Babcock wanted a defenseman. That is why you don't let your coach be your GM, right? Babcock had a point in the sense that – his point was that you win with centers and defensemen being your best players. Typically, there aren't wingers that, that elevate a team all the way up, but I think Marner could be an exception. Well, that's the thing like about him. Like, he makes everybody better. Like, how many players make everybody they play with better? Like, you saw Kadri last year. Like, remember Kadri went through, like, this Yeah, he said Kane. Game. That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, it's... it's but, he's, but, like, Kane is, like, the, the guy he's always been compared to. And, like, I know even in London... That's his they, idol, too. That's yeah, and, like, in, in London, they used to show him tapes of Patrick Kane. But he's not totally like Patrick Kane either. Like, there's not really a player that you look at and be like, he's like, he's like that guy exactly. He's a little bit different. Like, he's not even like Kane. I don't know if you agree with that. What's the sorry. difference with Kane? Yeah, like Kane's Kane a can shoot. <laughs> I think that I think Marner can add that element to his game. Like I don't think that that's. Plus, like, do you need him to shoot if he's going to get 110 points? I think points he's without... a different passer than Kane. I don't know. And yet, Kane Kane like won the Hart Trophy. Well, Justin was talking about his vision and how there were a bunch of there there were players in the way, and he could still see for that pass. I think that Marner's one of those guys that's got a map of the entire ice surface and where everybody is and. Well, and it's like, like you think of a couple examples. Like you, you guys probably remember the goal he scored or the goal he set up for Tavares. Forget it. I'm not even going to correct myself. Against Philadelphia where he, he takes the shot himself and then like there's a rebound and he pa passes it back right to Tavares. Yeah. There was also like another play in that game where Levo passes it to him and then he passes it right back to Levo because he sees he has room to shoot and then Levo scores. It's just like he has this sense for like where everything is on the ice and like how much time he well, has. Well, and everybody and, like, else on the ice is like, what? What? What's what's going on? He should play with Matthews, right, James? All right, let's bring out Scotty Mack um, from the Scotty MacArthur Show on TSN 1050. Uh, and then we're going to take some questions from you guys. So if you have any questions about Neilander, about Come Matthews. About there he is. There he is. You can sit there. So Scotty Mack had an existential dilemma. He wanted to wear a Matt Sun Dean jersey here tonight, but he didn't know... He didn't know how that would come across, and I see that you did not do it. I didn't want to be like well, you the were fanboy that I am. But <laughs> weren't you wearing the Dion Phaneuf captain jersey at the game the other night I saw? No, no, no. It was the Sunday. I Dean. wore that in the press box. Yeah, exactly. No, no. no see, because I stopped being jersey guy in like 2002. So how do you I've know got, the year? Well, Sundin, Tucker, and McCabe. That's pretty much. <laughs> those are my three jerseys, right? So, yeah. So no, I, I I didn't wear my Sundin. Would it would it have been good to wear my Sundin jersey? Did I let you down? All right. I told you to. I told you to do it. Do you know what's interesting? You mentioned Sundin. He has been like forgotten as he's been too quickly forgotten for my money. By who? I, you guys probably know, but like it feels like. The Can we just has, like, dispel with the thing? Like, you know, if you're younger, you don't remember this, but like. Mats did go underappreciated for a really long time here because everybody was mad that, you know, we traded Wendell. But we? 
Just kidding. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're going to hear a lot of that. I, I honestly, I don't care. I'm a Leafs fan. If you listen to my show, I'm a Leafs fan. And when they win the Stanley Cup, I'll be the a-hole at the parade. Um, Doing live reports? Dude, I, I became a fan of this team in 1986, right before Rick Vibe got stripped of the captaincy. And he was my first favorite player. And as a six-year-old kid, I didn't know why. And I got upset and cried and asked my dad. And he couldn't tell me the real reason. You know? So... I go way back. What was the real reason? Well, <laughs> I, I might be speculating, but I, let, I think Rick enjoyed life. Is that? <laughs> is that <laughs> I think he, he still enjoys life. Yeah, good for him. God I bless I like, him. I like the Wolfpack hat. Yeah, well, I bumped into you at a rugby game, right? Yeah, you know, well, down at that's, it's, I, I think more than one you've seen, you and I have seen each other. Yeah, at. yeah. So, too bad we're, they didn't get promoted, but... Uh, should, should we talk about who the next captain should be? Is that... I'm just kidding. Of the Leafs? I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about that. Hot take. Austin Matthews has it on his chest before the season's over. Uh, I think it's going to be in the summer. We don't allow hot takes on this podcast. Oh, yeah, we don't allow hot takes. <laughs> they'll, they'll name no hot takes. They'll name so. Matthews the captain in the summer. I that was a joke. We're not talking about that. No. This isn't... He started talking I'm about it. I'm not even going to say who this you're is. You're the moderator. Yes. Jonas, you're the host of the show. Take control like the host of a show is supposed to. Yeah, I don't know how he became the host. He just did. <laughs> I became the boss. All right, let's talk... We should talk Neilander, shouldn't we? No? Do you guys not want us to talk Neilander? We have to talk Neilander. So... Andrew Nolan, our producer, said this crazy hot take, actually. He thinks that if, if Neilander went somewhere else and wasn't playing with Matthews, he wouldn't be the same player. I totally disagree. Do you think there's any merit to some of what he has shown and what he's been? Obviously, some of it is because of Matthews, but I think no matter where he played, he would be a well, really impactful player. Do you think so? Oh, there's no question. Like, uh, but, but like, how but what, are we, what, what are we... What is the definition of an impactful player? It's whatever is I it, want it to be. Well, I just first line, is he a first-line no, no. player? Was Phil Kessel an impactful player in Toronto? Yes. Okay? So, it, William's a kid, and he's got a lot of years ahead of him. I think when the Pittsburgh Penguins got Phil Kessel, he was the final piece to their puzzle. They go on and they win two Stanley Cups. Nylander, with the strength that the Leafs have up the middle now, is not dissimilar in that regard, in that he's your goal scorer, he's a sniper, he's not particularly, unlike Mitch Marner, and this is the differentiator, and I'm sure I'll be careful here. Get lovely Twitter messages about that. But the differentiator is that, to me, Mitch Marner has an interest in and an understanding of what the ice looks like totally on the other side of his own red line. Whereas William is less interested in that, but he's a sniper, he's a goal scorer. He's also he, a really good passer. You're not mentioning that. It, I'm not de I am not, not denying the fact that he is a tremendous offensive player. He is a big piece of the team. They are better with him than without him. If they trade him at any point in the next 48 hours, I don't know how they are a better team as a result of that trade. Let's just cross our fingers and hope that it works out. I'm a big fan of the kid, um, and I would love to see this guy in this lineup because you can't take your eyes off the TV. You can't take your eyes off the ice if you're at the game when this team is out there right now, especially when they're on the power play and Austin's healthy and going. So, Scotty, if you still were a jersey guy, what jersey would you get at the Leafs right now? Yeah, but see, like, I'm old. 
I'm old. So, so, so you, Marlo's yeah. my age. So yeah. there you go. I can. I if yeah. am I allowed to wear you're the like, jersey of a guy my age? You're, you're At like what me? point do you stop being pathetic or start being pathetic if you're a jersey guy? Or can you good? Can you do it forever? Forever? Why not? Because some people have a rule that you're not allowed to wear a jersey of somebody younger than you. I wanted to get a Pascal Siakam, Raptors which is pretty jersey. much the whole Leafs He's team like except twenty-two. I would wear. I, I'll tell you what. If if I if I bought a jersey, I'd buy sixteen. Mitch Marner. 16. Oh. I thought you said 60, which is Carlton. <laughs> that dude. That's what, I don't know, why does he wear 60? Is that the address of the old Maple Leaf Gardens, I think? Carl, Carlton's what you see crawling out of the fireplace whenever you're on whatever it is Gritty's on. <laughs> like, Carlton's weird, man. Like, that. Can you imagine rocking a you, Carlton no, jersey No, 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 but around? if you watch a sports center thing, right, and the Leafs score a goal, and... <laughs> they score, and the camera pans at ice level, and the fans go like this behind the goal, and then all of a sudden, this big white bear in a Leafs uniform is like, Whoa! it's like it's absolutely horrifying. He's kind of lame, isn't he? Do, do the Leafs fans? Well, like he's him? not gritty. That's do, for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's no grit to Carlton at all. It's not like they can replace him, though, right? What would they even? We do? killed off Carlton. <laughs> That would be unpopular. It's actually funny you mentioned jerseys. Like, I used to have this thing. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I used to always judge a team in some ways, like, by, like, whose jersey you would want to buy. Like, in, like, how many... Like, you look now, they have all these jerseys. Like, if you were a fan, like, you would want to get... You would want to get Marner or Nealander or Matthews or Riley or, like, Dermot. You look around the rink, and it's almost all Matthews. But, like, but like, like go back a few years, and, like, I used to think, like, whose jersey would I really want to buy if I was a fan? And, like, there wasn't, like... Oh, there's tons of people had Kessel jerseys. Really? What do people have, wear, have for jerseys here? Luke Shen. Luke Shen. Luke Shen, <laughs> San Diego Gulls. San Diego. Who's his head coach? Aikens. Dallas. Yeah. Dallas Aikens. But there is one interesting thing. We should get back to Neander. I don't know if this is just because he, he's mostly played with Matthews, but like he hasn't totally fit with other centers. He didn't totally fit with Kadri. Bozak is what he is. Like, I don't really fault him for that. Like, Bozak is a third-line center or fourth-line center or whatever. But do you think there's any part of it, like, where if he wasn't playing with Matthews, we would look at him differently in that way? Just because, like, when he played with Kadri, it wasn't the same. And granted, like, you put two really skilled players together, they're going to be better. I don't know if that makes any the sense. The guys around the league that play with the true elite superstars are always going to get discounted for what they are. Like it's, it's always going to, and sometimes fairly and sometimes unfairly. It's funny, like you don't hear that mentioned when uh, David Pasternak's brought up. Like you never hear play, people say, well, he plays with Patrice Bergeron. And then he weird. went goalless for five games when Bergeron got hurt. They had a hard time with Bergeron. Then he came Bergeron. to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I've, you know, with, with Nylander, it kind of gets back to what I was saying before. I, I think if, I think if Willie is the highest paid and best player on your team, you're back into a Leafs-Kessel situation. But if, if Willie is on your team and is reasonably paid and is playing with an Austin or uh, he's not going to play with JT because Mitch is, but like, and I use nicknames and we, so go away. Um, you, you know, I think, um, I think he's better suited as a supplemental player, which is not to take anything away from him. That is not an insult. If he is your fourth or fifth best player, you got a pretty damn good hockey team. So how high would you go on a dollar figure on a long-term deal with oh Neil? Oh, God. Here? 
Uh, well, I mean, I abuse cap friendly like everybody else. I've, I've tried to figure it out. I mean, James, you and I have talked off air and, and James has actually been a huge help to me, like just helping figure out some of my takes on my show. Your hot takes or no? No, I hate, like, I hate that because the thing with hot takes is that it's, it implies that you haven't given any thought and you just want to rile somebody up. That's actually really I, true. Now I might say something that you disagree with, but I can assure you I've thought about it, um, which may describe the level of my intellect in your opinion, but again, that too is subjective. Um, you know, is seven million a year reasonable? I think that's the right number. I think oh, he's right, right around there anyway. Because, you know, and look, uh, you know, uh, I've been apparently speaking too loudly in the back to my friends as I've been waiting to come on here. Um, higher or lower? It's like the nine point right? Not, yeah, we'll do the, yeah, give me the uh, mini microphone that Bob Barker, you said, higher or lower, is Mitch Marner an, a seven-figure or an eight-figure player on his next deal? I mean, is he going to finish top five in NHL scoring? <laughs> like he... He won't sign for less. Is that out of the realm of possibility? I mean... No, I mean, he's there right now. Like, you know... He's not going to sign for less than 10 if he's way up You know, but I'm like, I almost, I also don't really know how to define what a comparable is anymore. I mean, everybody sits there and says, well, Nylander, you know, Pasternak, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if I'm a 22-year-old kid right now, I've ranted and raved about this. And like my background, if you you know anything about my career, which if you don't, God bless you. But um, I, I covered baseball for a long time. And the one thing that I know about baseball right now is that all of a sudden, 31 and 32-year-olds may as well be handed canes and sent to the home. So I don't know. I, I have no idea if, if this is in Lewis Gross's mind right now. I have absolutely no idea what the hell might or might not be going through Michael Nylander's mind right now. And I don't know if Willie is processing this. But if, if I'm 22 and I'm looking at my second contract and I want to max it out in terms of term, I got to hit the home run. Because five or six years ago, guys like Albert Pujols in Major League Baseball at 32 years old were getting 10-year, $250 million legacy deals with teams like the LA Angels. How many ball teams have been burned by those contracts? So if I'm a 22-year-old hockey player, the sports science, the analytical data is telling me that at 31 years old, I'm going to be done. I had better maximize, and I, I do not for a second hold it against any of these kids. I had better maximize my value through my 20s because you, you can sit there and say, yeah, but eight years from, like Tyler Bozak just got three and 15. Uh, Tyler Bozak's never had a higher AAV than he does now in St. Louis, three and 15, five million per. Yeah, okay, but eight years from now, with the progression or regression or whatever your opinion is over the last five years of how 30-plus-year-olds are viewed, where are we going to be eight years from now with 30-plus-year-olds? They could be considered dinosaurs. Like, Patrick Marlowe is an extreme outlier. That's a perfect segue. That's our next topic. Good job, Scotty. You brought us right <laughs> no, around. The, jer- the jersey I want to mention, I, wanna talk, I can try and segue out, too, but... 
I, I do Go. want to respond to that. I think you're 100% right. You're 100%... Like, guys like Jay... Like, I don't know if Willie is consciously thinking of that. I don't but think so. No, <laughs> I highly doubt I it. Think, Look, I don't think he's thought it through. So like, you, maybe Scotty, has. you know what the conversation is now from a lot of agents about their players is that maybe we don't want to sign an eight-year deal because you come out of entry level and you're 21 or you're 22, and if you sign eight years, your third contract's when you're 30 years old. Whereas if you sign a four- or a five-year deal... Fair you're, enough. You're right in the wheelhouse. Fair enough, but then John Tavares is 27 or 28, and he gets a seven-year deal because he's John Tavares. But how many guys at 26, 27, teams are going to say, well, geez, you know, that, that age 32, 33, and maybe age 34 season is scary. Like, can you get a seven-year deal when you're 26? Well, JVR only, JVR only got four years, right? That's what's going to happen is that teams are going to be like, no way. Yeah. No way. And, and JVR's not old. JVR's 29. Right, but and all we can do is talk about now. We can't talk about five years from now when I'm two more back injuries down the road. Like, nobody, no, nobody knows where we're going to be. No, I think the smart players, and I, it sounds like Mitch Marner's camp is talking about this. Maybe we should sign short-term. You and I talked about that on podcast in the summer. Like, I think if I was the best player in the league, or if I was one of them, if let's say sign if I was Matthews, three-year deals. I would just sign, this is what they do in the NBA. Like, they just sign short deals, and they keep cashing in and they keep making more money it sucks for the team though like the worst uh, th one of the worst things you can do on radio is something i love to do <laughs> thanks for listening it's a good um, thing you have a radio show yeah, yeah exactly but but is to try to have a bigger picture conversation that applies to way down the road so in the, in in this case um you know we're we're talking about matthews marner and nylander We'll look at what's happened, and, and you know, with the Chicago Blackhawks, we can sit here and say it's strictly Seabrook, you know, what's happened to Taves, et cetera, et cetera, but it's strict. Well, the Seabrook contract's the one that really is restrictive for them, blah, 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 blah. It's, well, what are we going to do once the Leafs have won at least two Stanley Cups? And I'm declaring that now. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I don't think See, anyone this, this, gives a. I don't, no one, I don't, no one I don't cares hang out what with Jonas for that. subjectivity, as you can tell. I mean, he's the one who always tries to dull my excitement. No, uh, but when the Leafs have won two Stanley Cups and all of these very good players who get to 27, 28, 29 years old. No, who cares? No, 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 but we will care then when a tough decision has to be made because the Leafs can't go to Taves, Kane, Seabrook status and get stuck. I want 20, 25, 30 years of continued excellence. <laughs> hey, I lived for 39 years with hardly any. I'm entitled to it for the rest of my life. No, no, but I think it's a fascinating conversation. I think, I think that how these guys, these great players, are assessed as time goes on and, and how that is changing is, is, uh, is a fascinating topic. Okay, well, you mentioned Patrick Marlowe. He's 39. James, him in the you summer. wrote a story about him for The Athletic earlier this week. What week is it? Yeah, it's Thursday. Um, basically, the idea was, is Patrick Marlowe worth all of the intangibles? And, like, as much as, like, sometimes there are these stories that the team kind of pushes, like, this guy's great, this guy's that, he's with our young players. Like, with Marlowe, it actually seems, like, legitimate, like, he is, he is everything that they say he is. But the question is, is that worth it if a year from now, next season, it costs you Jake Gardner? Which it seems likely that it will. Either of you can answer. Well, okay, so I'm going to take the easy way out. When the Leafs win the cup this year, 
No. Um, that would that would be nice. He's just going to bury Sanders in. No, no, no. I guess no, Barry what, Sanders didn't win. No, but what I like, what's what? It, what does he have real money left as of July second? Not a, a lot. Not a lot. Yeah, I think it's a million bucks. Yeah, one, two, five. Can they go to him once the signing bonus is paid and convince him to kindly get get a rash the way Marion Hosa move, did? And get, get a rash. <laughs> Can he kindly get a rash? Can he kindly find himself? But, but the, here's in the thing, though, Scotty. Like, if you get to know Patrick Marlowe the way that we have, that is not who he is. That is not. Well, who but that's why I'm asking. I'm, uh, like I'm saying, it would be nice if he, if I'm not saying ship him off to Arizona and become Pavel Datsuk. I think Patrick saying, Marlowe wants to play like another four or five years. Well, God bless him. But I, I mean, would he be willing to go back to San Jose or somewhere? Like, because what I'm saying. His contract next year is a is problematic in terms of trying to keep everybody in the fold. The Gardner situation, as Jonas points out, like something. The problem is something has to give. Something has to give, and we're not allowed to just take scissors and cut 2019-2020 out of existence and move right on to 2020-2021. Something has to give. Well, it's like I was asking you, James, when you were talking about this story. It's like. The only way that they were going to get Patrick Marlowe is to give him three years, right? And you and I can, like, look at the impact he's had on Marner and Matthews and, like, their young players. And, like, we can all acknowledge, like, anybody who's worked with someone who's, like, a good mentor, a good leader, there is some value to that. There is some value to seeing, like, how this guy trains. And, like, Marlowe's 39, and, like, he is legitimately one of the last guys on the off the ice. He's, like, playing games with, like, their 20-year-olds. Like, it's, it's something. But it's, like, is that worth it? in the future like is it worth it like the reason you get him is you give him three years but that third year could kill you like it not kill you not hurt your chances of contending for a cup but like hurt your chances of keeping a better player i don't know like did you come to a conclusion no i don't know if there's an objective answer to that well What's but your it's answer? like <laughs> i think they're going to keep him and i think they're going to live with the consequences of that i don't think that there's I've come around where I don't think there's going to be a way they can force him to San Jose or something they like that. They don't have to force Can they, they have to have that conversation, though, don't they? I mean, maybe he doesn't do anything with it. But it's the same thing when you sign a contract and you give the guy the extra year, you do whatever it takes to lure a guy to your city, you know, and I don't know how Dubas feels about it. It was a Lou Lamarillo decision as general manager. The Blue Jays are dealing with that right now with Russell Martin. That fifth year that got him to pick the Blue Jays over the Cubs, now we've hit that point, et cetera, et cetera. Don't you think they just it's find like, another way? You, you move a Connor Brown or you find someone that wants Zaitsev or you, you just find money somewhere. Well, other. and the Horton thing, too, is you, you, uh, it, what does that buy them? Wow, a Nathan Horton reference. That's awesome. Horton's still on the cap next year, but yeah. they, can, they can just put him on injured reserve. Which, yeah, it doesn't really. Buys them any, does it buy them more room or no? Not really, no. Oh, God. All right. Well, maybe he can come back and play for them. I don't think that's in the cards. Apparently, he has, like, a bionic spine now or no, something. No, it's not good. What's a bionic spine? They've, like, fused a bunch of his vertebrae together, and, yeah, that's why he can't play. All right. I think we should bring Justin back out. Do you guys have some questions? Do you think we can ask some questions? Are you still, are you still awake, Born? Where's he in the can? <laughs> has Neil under sign yet or no? No? Okay. Let's let's wait awkwardly and for by the get, way, to get out uh, of the washroom. I don't want to be that guy, but you'll enjoy watching yeah. the first quarter of the Raptors Warriors on PBR. Did we run out of beer back there? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you want one? No, no, you're still going. Soon. Jonas? No, I'm, I'm good. They're warm. Yeah. It is warm. Exactly. <laughs> Justin's a hockey player. Whatever. So if anybody has a question, uh, Shotgun Jake. we'll start here in the front. I just wanted to uh, pick up on Scotty Mack's point about uh, players uh, trying to hit the home run contracts right out of the entry level, or maybe teams wanting to lock up the players through all their prime years. And since the advent of the entry level contract, uh, teams have been reluctant to burn a year of the entry level contract. Uh, but I wonder if the, that philosophy might changing, if you look at someone like Marner, maybe the smart thing to do would have been to have him play 10 games when you knew you were going to send him back to London, and he would have less of a platform to be able to make a case for a mega contract. Uh, that's what they did with Nylander. That's a really good point. That's what they did with Nylander. Maybe repeat the question, or just a general sense for everyone who didn't hear, or anyone listening to the podcast. Well, yeah, what happened to our mic carrier for the audience questions? No, oh, that's that's why that's why we need the mic going around for the questions. So basically, the idea is: should a team basically sacrifice the first year of a player like Marner's entry-level contract so that when this time comes and he needs a new contract, suddenly his numbers are a little less sparkling? James, what do you think? Well, what I was saying is that that's what they did with Nylander. Like they burned that first year by him playing. What did he play? Thirteen games, and we were all we were all wondering at the time. Why is he in the NHL right now at the end of the season, a meaningless season, burning this year of the contract? And some people thought it was calculated that they wanted, they didn't want him and Marner and Matthews all to come up in the same year on entry level, which makes some sense. And then if you, another player that, where they did that was Nashville did that with Philip Forsberg. Worked out really well for them too because they got him on a really cheap contract and now he's one of their best players. So you might be right. You might be absolutely right. But... I mean, the thing is, is that if you're competitive in that window, you're getting the player for a really cheap price on those three years. So maybe you want to take advantage of those years. Well, and that's why like this year is so important for the Leafs. Like they're Matthews and Marner are on entry level contracts. Like it's huge. Um, yeah, I had some other point. I can't remember what it was. Scotty, well, I just any? like, and I won't. I won't probably be able to explain this as well as I'd like. But Dave Poulin often on my show on other shows off the air talks a lot about how one of the frustrations that management has um, or ownership has throughout the NHL is this, this notion that they cede control um, way too soon. And it's something that Alex Anthopoulos, like a lot of these GMs, you know Kyle Dubas loves baseball and stuff. A lot of these GMs are interested in other sports and how other sports do things. And Alex Anthopoulos, one of the questions he always asks about hockey is why do hockey teams cede the control that they have so quickly. Whereas in baseball, you have years one through three where you are pre-arbitration eligible and you're effectively paid five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000, whatever the team sees fit. Years four through six, you're arbitration eligible. And then after six years of service time, you have free agency. I, I just wonder if, if Nylander starts a trend that kicks into next summer, I don't... I mean, I don't get the sense just like, you know, people who know way more than me don't feel like the owners want to push much harder. The players are particularly interested in opening up the cap early, or excuse me, the CBA early. There isn't a lot of appetite for another lockout for obvious reasons. But, but I just wonder if this starts a trend, if there isn't going to be some pivot from owners to come down 
harder and try to wrest some control back. The system sucks for young players. It's not fair. Like, Neander deserves... Yeah, but I don't think He deserves seven or eight on the cap right now. Like, he's one of their best players. Why should he not be compensated that way? Well, yeah, but we're, we're agreeing on that. But yeah, we're that, not yeah. one of the billionaires who can shut the league down. That's one thing I love about this whole situation. It's like, we have this cap. We can't pay you guys all this much. It's like, you made the cap. Like, you put the <laughs> cap in. Like, you decided that. You decided that. So, yeah. Another question, maybe, Andrew? There we go. Uh, this is Jeff. Um, Jonas, you've been talking for a long time about how players should take more money, take shorter-term deals to get more money. So, simple yes or no question for all you guys. Do you think in the next three years anybody gets max money? Do you think anybody signs for max 20% cap? That's a great question. I don't think so because, I mean, the cap next year is going to be around $84 million. I've heard maybe even higher than that. So you're talking a lot. I mean, you're talking sixteen two five. Is Well, and, like, who's that player? Unless it's Matthews. Matthews. It's the only, only real option That's the only left. One, only right? option left. I like mean, McDavid took. McDavid signed. The thing, so let's say Matthews says, I want sixteen two five. I mean. You do it. The, the, yeah. <laughs> well, the well, owner of the Vancouver Canucks just, th- just, just tweeted that Elias Pettersson or Elias or whatever is Wayne Gretzky. So. <laughs> Who did? Aquilini. Oh, okay. Did you see that tweet? No. EP40 reminds me of Gretzky the way he sees the ice. I'd be screenshotting that if I'm... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring that into You take that into the arbitration yeah. hearing? Yeah. Is that what um, <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's say like a thought exercise. Matthews asked for 16.25. Look, or how about look a more realistic thing? Look what that's going to do to like the Leafs roster. I've already, been interu- I've already been interrupted. I've already been interrupted once. What, look what that's going to do to the team's roster and their cap situation. Like... So what, like, Matthews, tough, what are you going to do? You're going to lose. You're not going to win. So your team's gonna, not going to be as good. Go? You're going to lose another star player. No, I mean, from Matthew's perspective, oh. if that's what he does, the team he is going to be on is going to be weaker. And I don't think sudden, that's fair. That's like a management answer. That's not fair. It's Ma- not my, if I'm Matthews, it's not my job Matthews to put the team together. It's my job number, to Matthews is asking for a number that's out of sync with what's happening around the rest of the league. Don't, pay, don't overpay Zaitsev. Don't overpay Marlowe. Like, but that's not, that's not what's happened around the league, though, right? You right. can't be the only team that does that because then every other team is going to have an advantage over you. Yeah, that's fair. I think players should exercise more control. I don't know. Like it's, it's just it's so much different in like basketball when you're LeBron. Like, you know, you get to touch the ball in every offensive pos- possession. You know that you're going to be a part of every play. In hockey, it's like you, you're not sure. You don't know that it's going to work out your way. You can't bet on yourself the same way a basketball player can because you don't know that you're going to get the touches and the opportunity. And it's really hard to bet on yourself in hockey because there's a lot more. As much as we hate to admit it, there's a lot more coin tosses than there is. Well, but like. Remember so, the blowback when McDavid, the, the, it came out and he was going to sign for thirteen two five. I think that was the, and, the, and there was just all of this. But that's like old stupid hockey idea that. And then it's like all, all of a sudden he's taking less than that all now. He should take, he was worth 13 whatever, wasn't he? He's worth, they're, they're, he's worth more. Whatever the max is. They're fucking yeah. terrible with him making 12-5. Because so, you they know, keep it's like, signing <laughs> bad players to bad contracts. That's not his fault. But what I'm saying is that you got to be in sync with the rest of the league. Otherwise, it's a competitive disadvantage for your team. Well, but so the idea was like Tavares this past summer, like maybe he takes a one-year deal and like the counter was, well, what if he gets hurt? Even if he got hurt, like he would still get a seven-year contract the next year. The only Easy. person I think, by the way, that this would make sense for is William Nylander, one-year deal this season. I mean, they have the cap space that they can make it work. They could pay him a ton of money and just push this off to the next year, take a chance at a, at a cup run. What, what if they gave Willie $10 bucks for this year? I've had some agents suggest that that's what they should do. 
I mean, w w Willie would like that money. Uh, they'd like to have Willie. We'll, we'll push this down the road and figure it out from there. Yeah. So you put a lot of the money in a bonus, and then you qualify based on the Good base point. salary. And like, there's a way you can do it. Next so, question, Andrew. Sorry to bring him back to Nylander, but uh, <laughs> assuming Nylander signs, let's say seven, what does the Leafs defense top six look like next year? I don't think they're going to be able to keep Gardner. I don't think that they're going to be able to keep. So I don't know what. I mean, Who's we should play D for this team. It's not fair if you're in the middle or of a cup contention window to ask three guys, 22 or younger, to log significant minutes. You know, whatever the scouting reports are on Lilligren, Sandine, whoever it may be, it's just not. I just don't think it's a fair ask of these young kids. I mean, Dermot's awesome, um, but it's just they've got to address Gardner's absence, and I, I would think they would have to do that externally at this point. You've got you've got to come up with something. You've got to come up with a who. There's not like an easy solution. Trade Neilander for Pesci. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say. I didn't say that. Because we said I don't no hot it. takes. I, yeah, a, and that is the hottest take out there. Oh God! If I hear Joe Pesci's name again, um, no. But I, um, no. I, I. They. They've got. It's not. Am I, are you in agreement with me, though, that it's not fair to have three twenty-two and unders? Oh, why is it not fair? Wait, I, yeah, I, I, I don't no, think I, don't, I agree. If they can play, then why not? I like mean, if, if you can, can play, it, you can play, enough. right? I look around the league, and there's, well, that's there's my point. tons of young Can D. they do it, and are they good enough? But why not? If they, well, I mean, if they can, Well, we'd have to fair. see. Right. But you'd have to address it, and you'd have to have the cap space to do it if you sure. had to go and get. Well, and I think realistically, I the only really young D that can make the team are Sandine and Dermot, because I don't think Lilgren can play in the NHL. Not yet. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> not that a hot. That's not a hot Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah, go watch the Marlies. Lilgren's not playing in the NHL next year. Yeah. Next one. Uh, just to redirect a little bit, because I think we've talked about a lot of skaters, but uh, oh, the goalie. Yeah, let's uh, bring the goaltending into this. Wow. Um, He's I'm good. Next question. <laughs> assuming we're talking about a deeper playoff run this year, uh, as someone who's been through the Curtis Joseph Belfort Pod fan, is Anderson for a deep playoff run? Are we looking at the franchise? steals games kind of player like is he the solution for the future Leafs or are we going to get back into that cycle of the the Toskalas the these other players well sorry who else that. can we name but you, well, you know what I mean yeah, yeah. you know what I mean if, if, if he drops the ball this playoffs it's going to get ugly around him well, for sure he almost kind of got a little bit of yeah no like it's fair he kind of got a little bit overlooked. Like, I didn't think he was very good against Boston, but, like, Jake Gardner has that game seven, and it's like all everyone wants to talk about Gardner, but nobody talked about Anderson, which, like, you look at his two playoffs, he's been the second-best goalie in both of the playoffs. Yeah, Anaheim, he wasn't great in the playoffs either. Like, they weren't super happy with some of the series that he had there. He so. has to, like, he has to be the best goalie in a series, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of at that point for him. Um, 
You know, the less he does, the better. I feel like when he's, you know, he, he's very quiet and he, you know, the puck just hits him and it kind of goes well. But it almost feels like when the intensity ramps up a little bit, that quietness is you have to be ahead of the play quite a bit to still look quiet. And he hasn't looked that way in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, this is, I would say this year, if he's bad in the playoffs, the track record is getting to a point where you get a little bit nervous. Like, do we have a guy that can get us through this? Uh, obviously, I, I mean, I think he's one of the best goalies in the league, but it's different when the pressure's on and you're in playoffs. And, and two more years on his deal. So well, And so that's going to be really interesting. I've always thought this or wondered this. Like, what will happen when his deal's up? Yeah. Because we've always, like, thought, like, James and I have thought, like, maybe you can get away with paying a goalie paying lesser goalies, lesser goalies, paying goalies less instead of like committing to them. But like when he's UFA, what do you do with him? I guess it'll depend on how he does. No one trusts Sparks, eh? No, just no one trusts him. Well, we, I mean, we need to see more than, was he five, four games or whatever? Right. We need to see more games. He's the best goalie in the entire American League last year. He's not going to play for you like trust another Sparks? month. I trust Sparks. I mean, I, I... To be a starter in the league? Like... Yeah. I mean, I think he can be. It's... But wait, what kind of starter? Like, is he just... An, can you? Can he be an above average starter? No, I, I, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> so that's like the question. Like, other than that, yeah. he's like, a, he's a backup. That's what he is. Yeah. No, I think he's, you know, I think he probably is one of the 30 best goaltenders in the league. But to be one of the difference makers, it's, uh, I know, I know, I know, whatever. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think he's in the top 15. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Freddie fan. And I mean, he's making five per. And when th there was a week in July when Hellebuck and Fleury both did their extensions, and when Hellebuck went to six whatever that he got, I mean Freddie, and I know we talk a lot about value. Freddie's the 17th highest paid starting goaltender by AAV in the league, and I know that doesn't mean squat in Game Seven of a playoff series, uh, but I think this guy's pretty good, and and I'd like to see. I'd like to see Babcock give Sparks some starts down the stretch once that playoff spot is solidified because I really don't want anybody tweeting saying, well, Freddie was tired. I mean, let's, let's let this guy play 60-ish games this season, get into the playoffs, and if he underperforms then, then we can have a conversation. But I don't know, 17th highest paid guy, I think he's damn good. And and I think I think he's going to come through. Where are you, Nolan? Okay. Hey, CJ, one-year subscriber. Great stuff, guys. <laughs> Thank you. We've been going for two years. <laughs> well, I, I had to be convinced. Can you tell where James works, by the way? Nice. I I was following on Twitter, and finally I saw a deal. It's I'll all good. It's all good, as long as we got you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You're uh, ours now. <laughs> Scott made an interesting point about the MLB uh, used to be handing out contracts to players like Albert Pujols at 32 for 10 years. And we're seeing hesitation from players handing those, or sorry, from teams handing out those contracts to, say, Manny Machado. And I was thinking... Do you think NHL players are thinking about that at age 22? It's possible William Nylander is saying, what does the league look like in seven years? We've seen kind of the exponential growth of the NHL over the past five, six years. So 
two-part question, I suppose. Is that something that younger players are looking at and wanting to get paid? And where do you see the NHL in six years? I don't think Nylander's camp is actually thinking about that because they want the six, seven-year contract. And it sounds like the Nylander camp is really pushed back against a bridge deal, so they're not thinking that way. I do know from talking to some agents that they want their guys to sign a four- or five-year deal because that third contract is really where they're going to make a lot of money. You know well, what? and, like, look what happened with James Van Riemsdyk. Like, you mentioned he got four years. Like, two or three years ago, he would have gotten seven. Like, he would have gotten the Andrew Ladd contract or Milan Lucic. And it's like that that wasn't there. And he was better. he's better than those guys were at the time that right. they came up. It's, uh, I, I it's think, changing. Yeah, it's I, changing. I, I think it's really important to, to have an agent that is trying to read where the game is going. Um, if I'm David Pasternak, I'm not real happy right now, you know, as one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. And now I'm committed to six years through, you know, X amount because the game is no longer a fighty punchy game. All of a sudden it's a skill game and I'm a skilled player. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be real happy that uh, we didn't maybe take a shorter contract just to see when I lead the league in scoring and I want $12 million, you know, that would be nice to do. And he's just going to be making his six. Well, like, how does Shifley feel? You know, exactly. Uh, right. What's he making? Five, five? Yeah, six or something yeah, like that. But I mean, yeah. it's, again, I mean, the, the the long term and the big dollars just aren't there for the 30, 31 year olds, right? So, I mean, it's all. That's I agree smart. With you like that's the way it should be, right? It sucks. Exactly, them, which means that the players now, when they're younger, need to have or need to have people around them who have that foresight to be able to identify that. Any other questions? I have one quick one. Is that but you, no one asked me? It is me. It is me. I never ask questions. questions on this podcast. I just do things. But anyway. <laughs> you uh, just make the podcast what is happen your guys, somehow. Yeah, yeah. What does your guys read on the players with this Nylander contract? I mean, John Tavares comes in. He probably would have made more elsewhere. And he signed for potentially less and was sold on the idea of not having to give away other players or trade away their other skill players in order for them to acquire him. And that's all in, so that he can win a Stanley Cup. So what do you guys think the other players think about this whole Nylander contract negotiation? I mean, I'm guessing they're just fine with it. Uh, everyone understands it's it's a tough business. It's tough to climb your way up through the ranks. It's tough to make the American League, the NHL. It's tough to get paid. Um, I think they probably appreciate this as one of his only opportunities to really negotiate for the dollars he deserves. I, I think they get it. You know, they know that they're either going to be in that situation or have been in it. And, you know, they're everyone's buddies. And I don't think there's any hard feelings like, you know, they think he's holding out on the team. I think they understand what he's doing. Well, there's this idea out there that, like, now that this negotiation has happened with William Nealander, they're, like, sending a message to Marner and Matthews. If I was those guys, I don't think it would send – like, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Would you? Like, would you be thinking, like, man, they really scared Nealander straight – I would, I would just be pushing for the same contract I was going to get before. I don't know if you guys agree. I don't think it's going to work. It's I mean, not going to work. We, like, they're too good, and they're, yeah. they, can, they know what they're worth, I would think. You guys are way more plugged in on this stuff than I am. For can, sure. can we please dispel the notion or affirm the notion of this, like, Lou Lamorello thing about, wow, the Islanders are going to have an offer sheet for somebody on the Leafs as some sort of revenge. I've heard this all over the place, and I just don't have the energy for it. So can I'm stealing your opinions 
from here on forward. They might do it, no? No, they would do it because the player's a good player, right? right. Not because of some need to get back to the Maple... At the I think they would do it because they're desperate to get the Islanders back you know, I mean, they're, I know that they've had a good start. I don't understand why they've, teams don't use the offer sheet more often. No, they should. 100% they should. Yeah. Teams should be offer sheeting Nylander right now just to... Well, it's like common practice in the NBA. It's just like, oh, yeah, that was a good business decision. I understand Well, at the very least, like, you should... If you were, like, a competitor of the Leafs, shouldn't you try to, like, mess with their cap? Yes. Yes, you should. Like, just get to a point, like, if you did seven and a half or eight... Like, they're going to match it no matter what. Mm. But, like, suddenly, like, that screws up the Leafs' future picture. I don't know. The, the old boys club is kind of starting to fall apart. I think with a couple of the younger hires like Dubas and Sheka, and I think things are going to get a little more interesting in terms of, of deals like that. Do we have any more questions? Yeah. Uh, okay, I've heard all the, to- the talk. It's all on the same topic, but I'm going to have a request out of is this. Is it about Nylander? It's about Nylander. It's nice. about Nylander and everything else you've talked about with respect to the whole cap thing. James, the request is for you. You did a spreadsheet, I don't remember how long ago, where you projected what the uh, earnings were going to be for the next few years. Can you refresh that, taking into account the way Marner and Matthews are playing and what you expect them to get? And can we see, assume Gardner won't be here, can we do this or not for next year and then beyond? Because I'm tired of hearing about Marlowe's got to be, something's got to be done with him and and we, we won't be able to do it and Nylander and Marner, something's going to happen with these guys. I want to see the numbers again like you did the last time and let's see if it can work. All right, let's get out the PowerPoint and put it up here. (laughs) You can see how I put it together. Yes, we will do that. We've kind of been in this weird holding pattern at The Athletic because we've been waiting for Nylander to to figure out what's going to happen. I mean, we're like you guys where, you know, a month ago I would have said, oh, it looks like they're just going to get a bridge deal done and then they're going to push this down the line. And now it's, there's a lot of uncertainty over what's going to happen. So we kind of, we're waiting. And I think that what you're going to see, and this is something I'm sure that will get talked about. As soon as this is decided, let's say Nylander signs on Saturday. Let's say he signs a long-term deal. Immediately, everyone is going to be talking about, are they going to get the Matthews contract done? Are they going to get the Marner contract done? Those contract talks are going to start as soon as the Nylander situation is resolved. So, yeah, absolutely, that's what we're going to be talking about. So we just about. never get to be happy, hey? It's just the cap is... All, I know Some fans are complaining that they keep hearing about the cap even though the team's good. That is always going to be a conversation. But I think the question, big picture, is do they have a problem? Is losing Gardner a problem? Yeah, but like it's not an irreparable. Is that the right word? Irreparable problem. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They they have a problem on right defense long term that exists right now, so that's that's where they're at. I no I I and the thing is is if you look past next season, their cap situation is is pretty good. They're totally fine. They have lots of room. That's the question. So next year is the tough one. You need to keep dispelling that myth. There's like, you hear all these, I'm sure you guys hear, like, you hear people on TV and like, not you, Scotty, but people on radio that they're screwed. And it just... They have one tight year. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Scotty. Trade Zaitsev. What did I do? Trade Zaitsev. Oh. There it is. To Hi, who? fellas. Oh. <laughs> hey. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I love Matthews, I love Nylander, I love Marner, I love Tavares. A couple words I haven't heard uttered tonight were Nazem Kadri. I feel like he's under love. So here's my question for the panel. If this man is a UFA on July 1, how much money does he make? What role does he play and who does he play for? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. Great I, want, I want time with this one. Can I a big, report back tomorrow? He'd get a big contract. Eight million? Six, no, I don't think. Seven I think and a half? Six and a half? 
No, he get way more than that. As a center, Seven. no. There's teams that are desperate. Bozak got five. I mean, back to back thirty goal seasons. Ryan O'Reilly's presumably seven maybe five. Third. Yeah, as a defensive forward, he's scoring thirty a year. That's uh, that ain't cheap. Honestly, I don't think Lou Lamarello rebuilt the Leafs, but whoever got that deal done. And the Riley contract, genius. those are yeah, those are thing. like the pillars of this team. And Anderson. That's why their cap situation is good two years from now is because they've got these guys on these bargain deals. So Kadri gets seven a year. He plays center for who? Who's a... I think he can be a first-line center. Minnesota. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean... No. First line? Yeah, Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. Yes. I mean, but you know, I know what? Like, Sam Kadri is dead. Loves the Habs. To bring it or back he to, did. To bring it back to Neander, like one of the things I think is important, like long term in terms <laughs> just, of keeping just him. Just to bring this back to Neander. <laughs> we haven't talked enough about Neander. <laughs> but like one of the things that's important, like down the line, is like eventually Kadri. I think he's got three more years, something like that. Eventually, he becomes UFA, and he's a guy you're going to let walk. And you're going to need another center. And, like, who's Willie? Like, he is, like, the guy who can move over and be another center for you. And you're still loaded at center where you have Matthews, Tavares, and Neander. So, I don't know. Like, there's just so many reasons why not trading him is the absolute right answer no matter what. It's going to be fascinating where they are three or four years from now. And Anderson is up. And, and Kadri is up. And Riley is up. And they, maybe they've put up these huge seasons. And it's, it's hard to know. I mean, the cap might be $100 million. It's going to be a new CBA. It's going to be... You know, du- <laughs> Dubas sure walked into a fire, eh? They're like, all right, well, here you go. Here's, you know, everyone needs to be signed and we're up against Caps. The GM's later. role gets really tricky at this point. Yeah. Because it's not, like, it's not like you're building from worst to the middle of the pack. You're trying to squeeze it in right away. Yeah, well, and you're tough. trying to make sure, like, well, you're competitive really yeah. long term. I just, like, all, all you ever hear about is the Blackhawks and this and all these teams that were quote-unquote semi-dynasties, except that they all utilized the 13- to 15-year backsliding deal that mitigated the AAV. I mean, that, that doesn't exist now. These teams are coming, like the Leafs, are coming up against it right away. You don't have the Hosa and... Crosby? The Keith deals. You don't have Crosby playing for less than he's worth, you know, like all that stuff. It's just the truth. Any more questions? Sure. One more? Me? Hello. Sure. Uh, so I'm just looking at basically production per minute on the ice since the last full season that we've played since a lockout. So 2013-2014 was the first full season since the lockout. This season, uh, we're looking at, I believe, about 20 players who are above a scoring rate per minute of the highest number since that last lockout. So 20, uh, I'm just looking now. So last season, Connor McDavid had the highest scoring rate per minute of any player in the NHL uh, since the last lockout. And this year, there are 20 players above that rate. So I think that what we're looking at is a completely different league very, very quickly that's starting to show up. Um, Like, for example, uh, Mitch Marner is number 10 on this list behind Tom Wilson. It's a small sample. Uh, But, you know, you're looking at guys like Braden Point, Miko Rantanen, Sidney Crosby, Alex Radulov, uh, Austin Matthews is number seven. Um, There are 20 guys here who are scoring at a rate higher than Connor McDavid per minute on the ice at even strength. So forget about power play, everything. Uh, my, My question is basically... It, with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and multi, like Braden Point is another one on here, uh, there are a number of players who are going to need new contracts this summer uh, in a year where 20 guys 
are performing above the level of literally anyone else since the last lockout, with another lockout coming soon. Uh, I mean, it's not so much a question so much as it's... It, well, you know, it's early in the year, right? It, like, that's the, what I'm saying. Yeah, there there are going to be outliers. There are going to be unsustainable so, guys. So what I'm if you look at it 25 games in the year, there's going to be guys that outperform exactly. the historical. So, yeah. so what I'm saying is we have, we have a group of people in the media or surrounding it where they're saying Mitch Marner is whatever, a future Hall of Famer, or a few, if he scores 100 points or whatever, blah, 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 he makes $12 million. It's still really early in the year, but it is kind of weird that there are 20 guys who are scoring at a rate higher than anyone else in the last six seasons. Scoring is up. It is. I kind of feel like, you know, in the past, every time the CBA came up, the owners made a push uh, to, to take more away from the players. At some point, if you're a member of the PHWA, you have to recognize that almost all of the guys you're talking about are really young players, and they're not getting paid. It doesn't seem fair to me that those guys aren't earning while they're the highest contributors to their teams. So I wonder if when we get to the next CBA, the push isn't from the PA to say, let's let's fairly play, pay our young guys. And uh, I don't know if it, that might be a shift in the future, but I, I've, I've noticed that too. It certainly is It's different. Well, the thing with the PA is that the older guys have most of the say. Like they, yeah. they usually have the big seats and they so they usually throw the younger that's how the entry level contract came in, is that the older guys threw the younger players under the bus. Yeah. That's that's the way of the that's usually the way of the union. Maybe we'll take one more question and then we'll wrap it up. I guess okay. I'll do that. Um, so uh, this is a bit expanding off of the Maple Leafs to more of the league wide stuff um, with currently with the NFL and their overprotection of their players with head hit stuff. Where do you see the NHL going with that with regard to fighting? Pretty much the only professional league that has fighting left in it. Do you see the NHL even having fighting in the league in five years? Do they now? Yeah. Well, no, exactly. Like, Can anybody name who had the one fight this year for the Leafs? Nice. I guess that was on the broadcast. Is it one gone? fight in 25 games. Oh. Um, I just think the, the way that it's sort of like worked its way out organically has been very much to the NHL's delight. I also think that fans love it and miss it and crave it. And I know as a barbarian myself, I very much miss fighting. So I don't think they'll ever outright banish it. Um, you know, Seriously, never? Well, I mean, legally, they, they might end up having to do something. But I don't think they ever want to do that, and I, I don't ever want to see it. I watch UFC. I like see, seeing people punch each other in the face. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out um, and listening to the podcast. Uh, we'll try to do these again. We don't know. I think we're doing one in February or something like that. Yeah. Would that be cool with you guys if we did? Yeah? Okay. Thanks very much for coming. Thank you for supporting The Athletic. Thank you to Scotty Mack. Listen to Scotty Mack's show on TSN 1050. Justin, Justin Bourne. Bourne. Awesome stuff, obviously. At Thanks, the Athletic. guys. Yeah, thank and you Saki all. Hall of Fame. <laughs> Get your socks. Thanks, guys. Right, Thanks. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.